He's controversial. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. He's outspoken. You will tell your kids and your grandkids and your great, great grandkids. And he tells it like it is. That you watched a great athlete named the franchise and he was the greatest world's heavyweight champion of all time. He is the franchise Shane Douglas and you are listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. Prepare to get your ass franchised. The Triple Threat Podcast being brought to you today on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire for 52 weeks. And if you didn't know this by now, my name is Chad. And as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner on the two-man power trip, the one and only John Paz. And on this show for 52 episodes, it is so awesome that we still can do this every single week with our captain, the man behind the throwing down of the NWA Championship. He is the one and only franchise Shane Douglas. Shane, 52 weeks. There's so much that we've done, and I can't be any happier to have you on again here for your Triple Threat podcast. You know, normally we sort of like joke around and stuff, but I first of all, thank you to all the fans listening this time and all the feedback uh, to help us craft the show as we moved along. But to me, this is a pretty big deal. Like I said, I don't have any anniversaries in my life anymore, but... Uh, so to have a first anniversary here, pretty damn cool. And to have an extra special guest on tonight who you two still don't know who it is. Uh, so let the festivities begin. <laughs> Episode 5-2. <laughs> you know, on the two-man power trip, I mean, we've interviewed a lot of people. Uh, it's hard for us to uh, to not have that kind of control, as especially you know, prepare for a show, yeah. know who's on the line. And John, uh, I know you've got the exact number of interviews we've done, and I know you know you're meticulous with your your preparing for each show. And this is a little different for us, so I don't know. Before we uh, we reveal who this is, and Shane, your uh, your your bag of tricks that you're about to open up, I'm a little uh, intimidated. John, are you intimidated by what we're in store here tonight? You never know with with Shane what he's going to pull out of his head or what he's going to pull off and what he's going to do. Usually we have the control and we, we do the one sheet and we know exactly what we're going to do. But this time, the ball is in Shane's court. I feel like we're back in uh, the mid-90s in Philadelphia, <laughs> Pennsylvania at the old uh, arena. Calling it in the ring. Yeah, it's, you know, you said about the little bag of tricks and pulling things out. You, you never know what I might pull out unless I reach the right boot, and then everybody universally knows it's a chain. But this is far, far better than that. So, like I said, let's let the festivities roll and let the fans enjoy. 
Oh, definitely. And let's see, on this show, we've had a couple guests on through 52 weeks of doing this, and we've been able to relive some of your biggest memories, some of your greatest matches, some huge moments. And uh, We can cover that a little bit later on, but I'm dying to find out what we've got going on here, Shane. I guess before we pot up whoever is on the line, um, I, I'm just I'm a little intimidated, like I said, because I'm not 100% sure, but you know, I, I said we don't know who it is, but I mean, Shane, do you know if we've interviewed this guest before, just in case maybe we have a little frame of reference? I don't believe, but I'll give you a clue. The a second ago, you said, uh, you know, relive some of the biggest moments, um, some being the key operative word there. So, ugh, can't, if I go much further, it's going to reveal some of the biggest moments that you guys have relived uh, with our previous guests. But tonight, we reach deep into the bag of tricks to pull out someone who who has, uh, again, I can't say much more. I, I, I'll, I'll blow it. So you guys go to work and we'll see if you figure it out. <laughs> well, let's see. We're hot off of uh, John uh, doing a run-in for you uh, a couple weeks ago. So hopefully it's somebody yeah. it, Hopefully it's somebody that's had your back in, in the past. Uh, that's one thing I could say. I mean, I know just going through the Rolodex of people in our head who we've interviewed you know, especially with ties to ECW, which I'm hoping it is, because obviously, you know, we, we talk a lot about ECW. So, John, do you have any guesses, any kind of, uh, you know, anything that I can, I'm, I'm a little intimidated. So, I, I don't know, John, what are you going to say here? Well, just judging by Shane's Texas during the week, I was going to guess a, a local chiropractor in the Pittsburgh area, Dr. <laughs> Mark Keenan, but I don't know, uh, I don't know if it's him or not, just judging by his text messages through the week. Well, that that would have been a pretty good guess because Dr. Keenan and I broke in together. Uh, we were roommates together at college. Uh, but uh, good guess, but no cigar. <laughs> and we know it's not Mick Foley because uh, after interviewing him for the last <laughs> episode of Two Man Power Trip, uh, we all made him. I don't know if we made him feel a little sheepish afterwards because we said we're trying to uh, to get him on the show, and he said he would come on any time, but it would kind of be a little redundant to have Mick Foley on back-to-back, which I know it's crazy to say. Uh, and Shane, we did talk about you a lot, and we'll cover that at some point. But I don't know. I guess uh, I'm not going to wait anymore. Let's just get this uh, under wrap. I'm going to pot up the uh, the mystery caller here. So, caller, if you can reveal yourself, please just say, did you play a, a large part in the, uh, the career of the franchise? Huge. Huge. There you go. Huge. Huge. Shane, uh, that could mean a couple people. Uh, John, you got anything else you want to ask before uh, we, we maybe get the official welcome in here? Well, I, I know it's not Mikey Whipwreck. Speaking of huge, I know it's not Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty nasty. Oh, Mikey's not listening. Good God, Dave. You're gonna get, you're <laughs> no, he made that already. joke. He made that joke on Twitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How about, I got this one. How about this? How about mystery guest, uh, caller on the line? Um, if we were going to pinpoint anything having to do with the career of the franchise, would there be a moment that changed everything and left everybody with their mouths hanging wide open? Many. Again, true. <laughs> I don't know. This is. Well, listen, I'll give you one more clue and then see if you guys can guess it. 
The name of the podcast is The Triple Threat. Right. The Triple Threat Podcast. So I figured in honor of the first year anniversary of, of our successful podcast and all the fans listening, I thought they'd want to hear somebody that was there that lived the entire episode of the creation of that character and the building of ECW to what it became. So please, mystery guest, reveal yourself. Well, speaking of tricks, um, I think I just healed myself. <laughs> it is the queen of extreme Francine. Who else would be on for the year yes. anniversary? Wow. Right? Yes. The you queen know, of, I, do you guys... I, I, can I say something real quick? Like, remember yeah, that old please. show where remember the old game show where you weren't supposed to know like the mystery person? They were supposed to have like <laughs> yeah. this crazy voice. And, <laughs> I'm trying to like sound like a man. I don't know if I did or not, but um, I don't want to talk too much because I thought I'd give myself away. But, um, you know, I couldn't answer your question. No. It, it, it too many words. <laughs> it, it was it was great. I loved it. It was. Uh... No, the fans have been asking me like on Twitter through direct messages and of course JP and Chad have both been asking and, and I kept blowing it off saying, hey, there's no reason for Francine to be on here. She's busy. She's doing things, blah, blah, blah. Knowing that we would have this first year anniversary show coming up fairly around the corner. And so happy to say for the fans out there, when I reached out to Francine and asked her to be on the show tonight, uh, she didn't hesitate and She's staying up late. Thank you, Francine, for us. Uh, busy mama, too. And uh, right. so we're going to have a great time. Let's, let's let the ball roll. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm sitting here in, um, in my lingerie and my satin sheets. And if you believe that, you're a big sucker. I have on uh, sweatpants <laughs> and my, um, my burnt foot is covered right now. So uh, um, it's healing <laughs> and uh, I'm completely wrapped up in a blanket and um, I'm ready. So let's go. Let's go. Well, Francine, I mean, you know, first to say that you're the guest is unbelievable. We really, uh, we're absolutely thrilled to have you on and appreciate you taking the time tonight. That's the first, uh, first thing without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. And for 52 weeks that we've been doing this show with, uh, with Shane, I mean, obviously you've been probably mentioned on every single one of them. So to have you on, it it really, it's very, very cool. But I got to say, you know, seeing what you've gone through recently on Twitter, I, I, I have one question for you that I want to ask you before oh, we get yes. started. When, when, when you spilled that, when you, when you spilled that bacon grease on you, was there anybody behind you chanting, "She's hardcore, she's hardcore"? Uh, you know, um, there wasn't. Uh, my husband was in disbelief. My daughter was crying, and my son was saying, "What's going on? What's going on?" And I was just screaming. So yeah, it was a it was a madhouse. And um, so let's, let, let's just clarify this for a second. She takes a power sure. bomb through the table and survives. <laughs> bam, bam, Bigelow pressing her over the head and survives. Hitting her with a crutch, she survives. But trying some yeah. bacon took the queen of extreme down. No, it didn't take me down because I didn't go to the hospital, but my doctor was Dr. Google, and I just looked up some home remedies, and um, I'm good. I'm good to go. It's fine. There you go. It's she's, like, she's like, remember, when Sabu, remember when Sabu used to glue his, his cuts with crazy glue? <laughs> it's, it's the same deal. Yeah. Like, I just, I just uh, you know, got a, a toothpick, some gum, and a napkin, and I wrap my foot up, and I'm good. Everything's good. And, and, 
and a and a wooden spoon to bite on, right? I'm MacGyver. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Sweet. So. Uh, well, yeah. that that's that's unbelievable. You could survive that, but you could also survive. Many, many years paired with the franchise here. And like I said, we've talked about you on so many shows. So, I mean, I got to ask you, it's going to be really hard to, to go back and forth between you guys because I just want to hear the two of you bouncing stories off one another. But obviously, we've, we've been paired with him for 52 weeks, and it's been, you know, it's been very interesting. And he's gotten us in some trouble with, uh, you know, with some of the political allies we may have here in the, uh, the podcasting industry. But Francine, ah. how was it being paired with the franchise for those three glorious years in ECW? You know, it, it was, I have to say, it was a lot of fun, um, in all honesty. Uh, we, and I, I think we've said this several times, both of us, but I think we clicked right from the beginning. And we, yeah. we, had, a, we had a chemistry that, I mean, I've been paired with a lot of different people, and I've never had the chemistry I've had with Shane. Um it just was, I, I think it was just a perfect match right from the get-go. Um, and, uh, you know, he had so much experience, and I only had a couple years under my belt. So I was like a sponge. I was just trying to learn as much as I could from him. And it was great because he, like, listened to ideas, you know, and he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't the type of guy who dictated, you need to do this, you need to do that. It was more like a partnership which I mm -hmm. was thrilled with um, because here I am, little green girl. You didn't have to listen to anything I said, but you did. And, and I've told you before, I, I appreciated that to no end because, I mean, some of my ideas were really good and I wanted to get them in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was, it was just a great pairing, I thought, you know, and, and Polly, Polly saw us as Sue Ellen and, um, and J.R. <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank God I didn't take a bullet for her. No, honestly, she was uh, Francine from the very the first time. I, I, I'm not even sure if Francine knows this, but when I first came back from that trip to hell called WWF, uh, there was a show in Las Batania, all Queens, and I wasn't on the show, but I was just back, just thrilled to be back home. And in the times that I'd been gone. Franny and a whole lot of other new faces came in that I had never met before. Uh, and she was the one made promo with the Pitbulls. And I think I, you know, walked over and started giving her some pointers and she went back and she nailed it. And, and Paul had told me, had since told me after that, that he saw a chemistry there. And, you know, I've always said in my career that, you know, whether it's me calling the match or whatever, two heads are better than one. And if we're going to be like, obviously, Franny and I were going to be, I knew that from the beginning, was going to be a, an integral part of ECW, then I certainly didn't want to sit there and try to constantly come up with things that, I mean, first of all, I'm not a woman. And if I was, I wouldn't be a beautiful woman. Uh, you know, so, you know, Franny had the, had the gift of being able to take the bumps and doing things like that that made it come up with ideas and then had so many ideas. We bounced stuff back and forth in the long drive between shows. It was just really yeah. an easy pairing, comfortable from the very beginning. Right, and and the funny part was, and, and I never I never knew that story, by the way. So, but thank you. Um, the funny part was when when I was with the Pitbulls. Um, I remember Paul 
telling me you're not going to be with them long. And, Mm. you know, I kind of felt like I didn't know what the next step was. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, who am I going to go with? I don't know. And then Brian Lee kept telling me, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. And I said, (laughs) I am. I said, are you sure? I said, because I'm not sure. No, you're coming with me. Um, you're, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going from this uh, pleather, which I hated the gimmick. I hated dressing <laughs> up in that dominatrix. Oh, my God, it was the worst. Um, I was going from the pleather to now a biker chick. So you got to get chaps <laughs> and you got it. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh, okay. Well, and I love Brian. We love Brian. Oh, yeah. And he was Absolutely. awesome. He was awesome. But I just said to myself, okay, I'm, now I'm going to be a biker. And then when Paul called me, he asked me, do you know who I'm putting you with? I said, yep, I'm going with Brian Lee. And he goes, why would you think that? Who told you that? And I said, well, Brian Lee told me. And he said, don't listen to Brian Lee. You're not going to go with Brian. And I said, well, who am I working with? And he says, I'm putting you with Shane. I'm telling you, my, my jaw dropped. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yep, you're going with Shane. And then he told me, you need to go get these panties made and that say the franchise on them. <laughs> so then I hang up the phone. I'm like, well, where the hell do I get panties with the, a name on? <laughs> so I go and I look in the phone book because we didn't have Google back then. And, um, you know, I found this little airbrush place. And, and I, didn't, I don't even think I knew about the table spot till maybe it was either the week before or the night before. I mean, it was – he conveyed me, like – I think it might have <laughs> been the night before. Yeah, I, I think it might have even been the night before. And he's like, "Oh, by the way, you're down to a table tomorrow." Click. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So, um, but I didn't care because I figured that, that would be such a big moment for for me and for us as a, as a pairing. You know, I was willing to just do whatever it took to to try and get myself over. So, that is the first time I've ever heard that, and I was to this day. I'd always been curious as to how in the hell you had a song with the franchise. I mean, I knew something must have been said, but I never knew the exactly what was or wherever. But when you started taking that outfit off and had that underneath, I was like, that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a cool gimmick. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then of course the power bomb came right after and just exploded the roof off the place. And right. that, and then, you know, a, a lot of things after, you know, the big bumps and, you know, the things that she was doing to, to quote unquote, save the franchise, uh, really got her over with the fans there, even though they hated her as a heel, the fans loved her because they, they, she was everything that was ECW, uh, a badass beautiful chick that's going to go out there and take these bumps. Oh, when did you get so nice? You're so nice, y'all. <laughs> Uh, you can thank you know, us for that. We, we, yeah, <laughs> you just said we, we, like there was there was no Google back then. You just you just dated us. <laughs> yeah, we're we're hundred. We we're hundred years old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't. I mean, there was. I mean, if there was social media, we might still be around. If you think about it. True. True. Good so, point. You know. We didn't have anything back then, and we were map questing. They didn't use that GPS box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, remember when Bob Ryder used to sit up there in the Eagle's Nest and he would type the matches out? Uh, yeah. You know, 
Francine just got power bombed to the table, big, big explosion on the ground. And, you know, he'd go through and write these matches up verbatim, word for word, and, and you know, put it out that way. That was the closest thing to, quote unquote, social media there was at the time. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have anything to to help with, you know. I I was just telling somebody because I just joined Twitter and I know Twitter's been around for ten eleven years and I'm just joining <laughs> it now. And uh, I was like, well, I had a MySpace page. <laughs> like, what well, that was so long ago, you know. I I, I, mean, I technology isn't my thing, I suppose. But um, you know, we didn't we didn't have anything back then. I mean, look at what Paulie did. He put the line up on a napkin. And taped it to the wall. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you couldn't even print out the matches for. <laughs> so uh, anyway, good time. The simple life. Well, I want to give it. If, in case fans don't remember this or they want to look it up, it's Heat Wave 1996. It's July 13th, 1996, from the ECW Arena. A near 40-minute match. A four-way dance for the ECW World Television Championship, having Shane, Chris Jericho, Two Cold Scorpio, and Pitbull number two. And at the time, to see that happen was just absolutely unbelievable. And to see, yeah, like Shane said, the reveal that many of us may have kept in the back of our head for a very long time. You know, just a slow, a slow burn, slow reveal. That pairing set off what would become really you guys being the the two absolute. I would say constants in ECW for a long time because when you think of the franchise, you think of Francine. When you think of Francine, you think of the franchise. And where you, you said the chemistry was almost immediate, you know, I think back to as a fan when you took a belly to belly from the franchise before you guys got together. So even going right, back to yeah. before then, you guys had to have worked pretty well together because there you go, you get strapped in for that belly to belly. You don't know what to expect. Expect so before that, you know, power bomb through the table, you were taking a belly to belly from the franchise. Well, even before that, I was taking total elimination from the Eliminators. And, um, <laughs> True. You know, God only knows what else I was doing. And I remember the one time I took a clothesline from Anthony Durani um, on the outside <laughs> to the floor, and my throat closed. Because he, he got me right in my throat, and I couldn't breathe. And I, I remember I was gasping for breath, and I just couldn't catch my breath. And I just went to the back, and I went in a room by myself. And just took me 20 minutes to get my breath back. And I said, is this something I really want to do with the rest of my life? You know what I mean? Because it was like, it was, I think it was, it was at the arena. It was on TV and he clotheslined me to the concrete. Um, Cause we never had the pretty little blue mats around the ring. So we were falling <laughs> yeah. on the concrete all the time. And, uh, I, and then I, I, when I snapped out of it, I said, you know what? I, I yeah, I think I do. I think I want to do this for why I just don't know. Um, but I just wanted to take everything that the, you know, if the guys wanted to give me their finishers, I wanted to take them. And, and let me just say one thing, and I'm fast forwarding. Uh, when I worked for WWE, I told Vince McMahon I wanted to take Kevin Thorne's finisher the night that they put me on TV. And he said, oh, we don't do that here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? We're in the World Wrestling I mean, Federation. Don't do those yes. types of things. We, we, we don't do that here. We're not, we're, we're not in the business to beat up women. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in the wrong. What company is this? Like, this is ridiculous. You know, I, I took this job. I'm, they, they told me I'm doing everything I did for ECW. And, man, was it different. So um, I, I valued and uh, appreciated my time in, in ECW for sure because I worked. You know, we all work. Yeah. 
in hindsight, looking back now to then, it, it, uh, I'm sure you, I'm guessing you think the same way that like, I've spoken with you know, so many other guys. Uh, it, at the time, it, I, I couldn't envision it ending. It just, we were having so much fun on a week to week basis. ECW was the only company I ever worked for before or since that I truly looked forward to going to work. Like, hey, it's Tuesday, I got two more days or three more days, whatever. And I could yes. never go to work. It was a, that yes. exciting of a time. And like I say on Twitter all the time, the fans really ma- are what made that company work. I mean, we were working hard in the ring, not taking anything away from anybody in the dressing room, any of us. But the, the, the fans and their responding, uh, not because we were putting up a big thing on the scoreboard or holding the big sign up. That was a truly organic, right from the heart response from the crowd. And like for me in, as a performer, that was like plugging it into the wall into like a, a 210 volt outlet. It was incredible. And I've never seen fans like that before or since. I've never seen fans like that, and, and I've never experienced a company where the same feeling like I, I wanted to come to work. Um, when I yeah. worked for WWE, I was sick to my stomach on the plane, and when I worked for ECW, I couldn't wait to land, and I couldn't wait to get to the building. And I, I mean, I, I think back to like the stuff that we did, and the one night, and I don't remember where we were, but I believe it was you and I, and it was Candido, and I think it was Lance Storm when he was like initiating yeah. trying to get in the trouble and we were doing things right. where they pinched you but we put the belt in front of your front and then <laughs> covered the back do you remember that <laughs> like after the match yeah was, <laughs> was that in um yeah i don't was, remember I'm trying to, yeah the, the dates all running together but for, was that in uh 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 oh my god brain it was a hand down up no, it wasn't yeah, in wasn't Asbury it? Park. No, Asbury, no. Oh. No, I don't believe it was. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like a health show. But we worked, and then at the end, mm-hmm. we were just feeling very silly. And you had the belt, <laughs> and somebody pinched you, and you put the belt like in front of you. And <laughs> yeah. then yeah. there was a hat, and we were, the hat was behind. I mean, we were just <laughs> so stupid. It was funny. We did a lot of stuff that popped ourselves. And yeah, we like we worked hard, but we enjoyed it. You know what I mean? And there was no pressure, and it was just fun. And oh, I miss it. It was it was a good time, a really good time. But when you look back, watch it back now. I, I think you can see that bleeding through. You can see whoever it is on on camera uh, that they're enjoying it. The fans are enjoying it. Uh, it, it, it there, there really was a chemistry there, company wide. That, that like a, you yes. know, the connection with the fans that made it so much like you, you you could pretty much expect if I do this spot this is the reaction I'm gonna get from the crowd and you know as a performer that made it so easy because if you, you know if you're trying to get a pop for whatever reason or a boo or whatever you know uh, just hey let's do A B or C and we're gonna get that response and that made it you know, really easy and fun right and we knew. We knew our fans. We knew yes. what they liked, what they didn't like. Because, um, they, I mean, <laughs> they let you have it. <laughs> and we oh, yeah. That. So we gave them what they wanted <laughs> yeah. every single time. And it, it was 
gosh, I, I haven't watched stuff in a long time, but when people put those gifts up, sometimes I have to look the matches up and I'm just going through stuff on YouTube and it's just fun to watch, you know, it's, it's, Brings back so many good memories for me. So, yeah, same Rock here. But on. don't you think it it holds up really well? Like, in other words, if if that had never been done, and you turned on a TV or a computer today and saw that, it would grab your attention. Well, it, that's the thing. You now, with with the network um, into play, uh, you're you're doing okay. Uh, just just hear me out. You're doing all these signings, and I'm getting. Um, these younger kids in their 20s that are coming up to yeah. me and making me sign things. And I'm like, oh, you're so young, you know? And they're like, oh, we, we watch you on the network. So it's a whole mm -hmm. new generation of fans watching stuff that we did over 20 years ago. And they're telling yeah. me that they like it more than anything that WWE or Impact or whoever is out there is doing mm -hmm. right now in 2018. So... Yeah, yeah, it holds up, and and people, people love it, you know. And there's still I watched um, NXT the other night, and they were chanting ECW mm -hmm. because <laughs> they stole a spot that we did 20 years ago. Yeah, amazing for a company that's been out of business approaching 20 years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just people. It's amazing how many people are are becoming new fans. And they love the storylines, and they love the angles, and they love the characters. They don't care that we're older. They just appreciate us for what we did. Um, and people, I mean, people that were with us 20 years ago, they're re-watching it now over what's on Monday and Tuesday nights because they don't like yeah. the product today. So they'd rather watch something 20 years old. Yeah, I've, I've got two or three people on Twitter right now that are – like a week or two ago, they told me they're going to start watching from the beginning and go through, and like they're keeping me apprised of where they are. Uh, right. That's pretty amazing. I, you know, I've worked for a lot of great companies, UWF, uh, NWA, uh, you know, and I don't hear any place I go uh, anybody chanting UWF or NWA or WCW. <laughs> Not, they didn't love those shows, uh, but nope. there was definitely something different about ECW that made that person-to-person -person connection in ECW uh, that, that made them loyal, uh, the most loyal fans I've ever seen. We had great fans in the UWF. We had great fans in NWA and WCW. Uh, I don't hear those chants, and I believe that it's not that that's a detriment to anything of those companies. I think it spells out something that was done differently in ECW that we, we really did break all the rules. You know, it was... Like like Vince, we don't we don't bump you know, We here in the World Wrestling Federation don't bump women. <laughs> and okay, well, the fans sort of like that, and they know that it's not really man on woman violence. It's giving the fans a, a, just an incredibly good show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really sad when you're begging to work, and they they're like, no, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like, okay, you know, I don't even know why I'm here, but whatever. You know, um, yeah, but well, I 100 percent agree with you on that. You're right. You're right about what you just said with the network that it really has kept us all eternally young and introduced us to more than one generation of new fans that weren't even thought of when we were doing it. But to me, when I watch the network, and it isn't often, but I, when I do catch the network when I'm on the road or whatever, and I pop in like up on the computer or from a manager's house, he has it. Uh, 
and I'm watching it, and when I see you and I come through the curtain to some canned Muzak. That, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> oh, it's, and, it's and, and to me, Sandman the is the whole thing. Yeah, and Sandman's a pinnacle because I think he, he we all were, really, but to me, Sandman must come out to Metallica and her Sandman. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and it just looks so cheesy. Even if, you know, I'm not saying it is, but even if it was the coolest damn song ever written, Hack has to come out to Metallica. Plus, Hack's entrance was 10 minutes long. So do you really want to hear the elevator music for 10 minutes on the network? (laughs) No, you don't. That's what makes it so horrible. And that's one of the things that the fans complain about to me all the time is the music. And I, I explained to them, well, Vince doesn't want to pay the money for, you know, you have to pay for rights for, for the song. Right. And he's not going to pay for all those songs. And, um, you know, I mean, Paul didn't pay, did he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're kidding me. Well, you know, I, I've been thinking about this, and I've heard different things. I'm not test, uh, testing that this accurate, but I've heard people that are being it would equalize So if, if you're sitting in your house uh, and watching that, Vince would have to pay thirty to forty-five cents. Uh, but here's a here's a simple way to look at this. I think Vince is the fourth most recognizable brand on the planet. I'm pretty sure that if he would go to these record companies and say, like in our case, Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers, I'm sure they don't sell a slew, a million of those a year anymore because it was. 25, 30 years ago, that song was big. That yeah. if he went to them and said, hey, we'll, we'll play this and we'll make a notation at the bottom, this is Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers, and you can get that on Atlantic or AMC or whatever record. I'm pretty sure those record companies would jump at the opportunity to have that right to be able to get that music played and still hopefully sell some off of it. Uh, but He don't, don't care, know. Sheen. He doesn't care. Right. He doesn't, I mean, it, it's up. Yeah, it's up. Um, I'm sure the numbers are really good. Um, but I can tell you something. When, when I was hired, um, and he, I, I was in line to, to get a, um, a draw one evening, and he pulled me from line. Um, because earlier in the night, I, I was talking to Johnny Ace in his office, and I was crying. And I had said, I, I'm begging you for my release. And Johnny's like, we're not giving you your release. And I was like, Johnny, please, you're not using me. I'm not happy. So he must have mm. went and told Vince. And Vince pulled me from line. And, and Vince uh, Vince is like, take a walk with me. And we start walking. And um, he goes, you know, you're a beautiful girl. And beautiful girls are a dime a dozen. I have no idea what you can do. And I looked at Vince. I, I am not really when I say this. I, I looked at Vince and I said to him, didn't you buy our tape library? And he <laughs> yeah. just looked at me. And he's like, well, I didn't watch it. Uh, oh, I don't watch geez, it. Yeah. You know, and, and, I'm, and, and then I'm like, okay, well, he has his crew that watches stuff and reports back. And, sure. and then I was told that, like, Shane McMahon was the big ECW, I don't want to say Mark, but fan. He loved ECW. Right. That was Shane's thing. So I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe Shane told his dad who to hire and that's how, or, you know, I know Tommy had a big part in it, too. But for Vince to tell me, somebody that was hired, that he never saw my work and didn't right. know what I can do, 
Like I'm thinking to myself, how on earth am I standing next to you under contract <laughs> in this building right now? Seriously. Strange. Like yeah. it, it, it blew my mind. It just blew my yeah. mind. But you know, and, and then I said, should I have even mentioned the, the library? But it was the first thing that came to my head. Like if you if yeah. I bought something for whatever amount of money, I'd sit there and I'd watch it. I'd be curious yeah. to see you know what they were doing or what what the competition was. He never watched yeah. us. I don't know. And, and certainly certainly you'd at least go back and you know, I know like Howard Finkel does a lot of that kind of stuff. You'd go to Howard and say, I'm thinking of hiring this girl, Francine. Can you pull me up some clips so I know that you would hire somebody, like you said, put you under contract and have no clue what you're capable of? That's what Incredible. he said to me. That's what he said. And, I, and, you know, I, I was blown away. And, and then that's when I kept saying, you know, well, I'm willing to work. I'm willing, you know, because they had me doing bikini stuff. I just want to work. I just want to work. I was told I can do what I did for Paul. Let me do what I did yeah. for Paul. And no, no. So senseless, you know. When I was up there in '96, and I've told people this quite often throughout my career, it was the worst six months of my entire career before or since. Too. I mean, worse than I was any there indie six run. Too. <laughs> Ooh, tough, tough run, wasn't it? But <laughs> he never once, and him and Jim Ross and Pat Patterson, they, every television, they would ask me a million questions about ECW, but I picked up very quickly. One thing Vince never did was use the letters ECW with me. He would say, with like some backhanded euphemism, when you were in the bingo hall company, when you were in the minor leagues, when you were in the blood and guts company, when you were in the wow. small pond. And, you know, and, and I, it, it wasn't lost on me. I was catching it every time he would say that. And I kept thinking to myself, how long will it be before he says ECW to me? And he never did. Right. Never one time said those letters to me. Which to me is pretty astounding, considering, like you said, he bought the library and hired how many people from there. Uh, right. Pretty telling. I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. And, and there, everybody was willing to work just as hard as we worked for Paul, you know, yeah. and yep. and just we were all just dumbfounded. And we were just sitting Twitter and just stare at each other. And, and we're just like, I wonder when we're getting released. <laughs> That's what we said every week. I wonder when we get released, you know. So it was it was brutal, brutal. It, a, it was apples and oranges. A, yeah, and that's a fun way to go to work, isn't it? Every week thinking that and wondering that, and uh, it was horrible. Wow, it, it was it was just hard. I told you my stomach was knots. I hated getting on the plane, and then there were times when I would get a phone call from from Howard, and 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 he would be like, he would be scared to tell me. And he would say, "Oh, you know, you're not on the road this week." I'd say, "Okay, thank you." And I <laughs> so happy because I knew I was getting paid. I'd get my check on Monday, and I'd get to sit home, you know. And and like you know, I guess the boys would be upset. And I was like, "No, we heard it's fine, thank you." And I'd hang up, and I and oh, I'm, I'm home another week. I loved it, you know. But for someone who was willing to work. And willing to put their body out there and, and, and do whatever, you know, in the ring and take the bumps. They didn't let me do anything. So I, I value Paul for just, you know, giving me a chance, being green, didn't, you know, never knew anybody in the business and just got out of their wrestling school and 
and he gave me such a break and, and I'm so thankful to him and to you because you took me under your wing and, and um, I think we ran with that ball. So we, we did pretty good for ourselves. And had fun and had a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Uh, had a lot of fun. That, yep. What amazes me, Franny, with what you're just saying, I mean, I, 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 this has resonated in my head since I was there in 96, but you know, if, if every kid playing, you know, Pop Warner football right now, aspires to one day play in the NFL. They would cut their right and left arm off if they could go right to the NFL. Um, wouldn't be very good once they got there. But uh, the same thing in, in every other sport. I For wrestling, and I'm hearing now, the great, you know, several great bonds, that the kids up there now are miserable. And, you know, you and I both experienced that at different tenures there. But it astounds me that for all these people in this business that work as hard as we work in this industry, that once they get there, there's this big letdown, like, I can't wait to get out of here. And I don't know if anybody's ever played in the NFL that says, boy, I can't wait to get out of here and go play for the Canadian Football League or the, the you know, the uh, <laughs> Arena Football League. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's astounding, but it really does speak, I think, of the style and the way that they, they, they treat people up there. It's it's like the, the hope spot, you know? and. <laughs> the false hope spot, and then and then it's taken away from you, and you're just like, I got the rock, uh, I got a rock, you know, like Charlie Brown is yeah. at Halloween. It's uh, you're done with it. It's it's so yeah. um, it's it's traumatizing, really, because then you then you're questioning yourself. You know, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like, why why aren't they using me? Or and and I just you know, I was never one to um, I don't politic behind the scenes. Um, yep. I, I never, I never had to, um, right. cause, and, and you know, as well as I do, I mean, Paul was so one-on-one and open and, and, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. can call him and, um, he was easy to talk to and, and he was there for us. And, um, uh, Vince is just, he, he was totally different. Um, not really approachable, although, um, the one, the one meeting I did have with him, it you know, he told me, um, next time you see me, he goes, you have to run, run up to me and smack me on my back and, and ask me, what have you got for me tonight, Vince, or something to that effect. And what he got really? for me, Vince. Yeah. And, and I looked at him and I said, are you sure? <laughs> I, 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 was, <laughs> I was, it was weird, you know? And he goes, no, because next time you see me, I want you to run and, and smack me on the back and say, what do you got for me tonight, Vince? So we were at Monday Night Raw. It might have been a week later or something. And I see him, and he's standing there with a. Please bunch of tell kids. me you tatered him. No, well, no, I hit him really ah. hard. Um, I did hit him <laughs> in the back because I smacked him. But I ran like a fool. This is me in my mind frame. I ran down the hall like a nut, and I went up to him and I smacked him on the back. I said, "Hey, Vince, what do you got for me tonight?" And he hugged me. And as he's embracing me, I'm going, what am I doing? Like, what? I don't understand. Where's this going? And he and he, he let go of the hug, and he looked at me, and he said, that's my girl. And he walked away. And I go, <laughs> I'm standing there. Like, everybody walked away from me, so now i got to walk back to where I was. And I felt like a fool. But he put me on TV. They wrote me into TV. And so for the next two weeks, I was on their television, and then Bald, they paired me with Bald Mahoney, which I didn't care. It was fine. 
I was his manager. And then Balls took um, the piss test, and he they found something in his urine. So he was on a suspension. Hmm. So they call me, and they're like, get your bathing suit ready. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> and I was pulled off TV because they had no one to pair me with. You know? Um, but so so he was, I mean, he was nice to me. I'm not saying he was he was a mean person or anything. He just wasn't that approachable person that Paul was. Paul was just hands-on, listened, I, you know, didn't feel uncomfortable with him. Like with Vince, I just, I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> like, I'm just intimidated by yeah. this man. And he's just larger than life, you know. And uh, Paulie just was, he was just like one of the boys, even though he was the boss, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, I, so it was just different, really different. I've always tried to psychoanalyze this myself and, and have events over the decades. But uh, to me, I, I always look at it like, you know, what do you get a billionaire for Christmas? You know, you don't go out to eat that. Right. Here's a nice tie I got you, or here's a tie, or here's a, you know, a nice set of pair of slacks or a nice dress shirt I got you. I think what Vince does, and, and I've seen it, you know, so many times, both before I was there and since, and now hearing your story, uh, that. I think he genuinely gets off and, and enjoys playing with people's lives. And, you know, when you're trying to set up your life and set up your career and, and do things like that, that's a pretty condescending way to treat people. I think, uh, you know, for my mm-hmm. two cents worth, I, I just, I think it's bullshit. Uh, he can, you know, it's, it's, he's, He's Vince McMahon. I mean, he could do whatever he wants, you know. Um, I'm not saying I'm the best worker in the world, but all I wanted was a chance to prove that I could. What you could do. Right. I could do something. Um, Out of the locker room that I was in, out of all those girls that were still, you know, that been working, I had the most experience. Back then, I was 13 years in the business. That's like a vet. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, here I am going to catering. Does anybody want anything? Two, three years. Oh, get me a water. Get me a cookie. Get me this. Get me that. Okay. And I'd come back because <laughs> it wasn't my locker room. And I'm just trying to fit in. Yeah. And I wanted to make friends. You know what I mean? And, and sure. I said to myself, wow, I just, I just wanted a chance. And, and I didn't get that chance. So um, it, it just wasn't a pleasant experience for me there. But, you know. It is what it is, and it, it, I, I knew it was going to be my last run, big run, and I figured, let me give it a chance, try and make some money, um, and yep. see where it takes me. And and I remember traveling one weekend with Al Snow, and I was telling Al, I said, when I signed my deal, I only wanted to sign a year. I didn't want to sign for three, and they wanted me mm-hmm. to sign three because they wanted to, they wanted me to prove I was loyal. That was the wording they used. So I had to sign a three-year deal. And I was telling Al that night, I said, Al, I can't stomach it anymore. I'm not going to last the three years. Oh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. And I'm like, I won't. I said, I'm telling you right now, if I last a year, it's going to be a year too long. I lasted six months. Six yeah. months. That was it. And, and, for, you know. and that from somebody that's already proven themselves in the business and obviously has a connection to the fans and the best he can come up with is 
when you see me run up and hit me on the back and say, what do you got? Yeah. That, that is yeah. so incredibly condescending uh, from where I come from. Uh, you know, I'd, 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 I'd have more respect for you if you just say, hey, fuck you, Francine. Uh, you know, if, there's, if I got something for you, I'll give it to you. Right. And that, that's, what, that's what I was asking Johnny. You know, I just said, you know, if, if there's nothing that you want me to do in this company, let me go. If, if there, you know, I can talk, I can bump, I can work. If you don't want me to do any of that, let me go. We're not letting you go. You know, just, just tell me. And all I wanted was a fair chance. And, and, and they just, you know, it, it just wasn't given it, given to me. So, um, you know, it's, it's fine. Whatever. Well, you said, you live in your, you said something. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You said something earlier that really stuck out to me when you said, uh, and I, I'm not putting words or verbatim, but something along the lines about you know, how open Paul was and you know how Vince mm-hmm. was so you know difficult to approach. Now, how many times have you heard in your career the phrase, you know, oh shit, you know, you drank Paul's Kool Aid as if we were all under oh, a yeah. trance there doing yes. something? And, and, and the reality of it is that you worked your ass off. We all worked our asses off of Paul was because of what you just said that it wasn't open for him. If we had a question, we could call him or go to him, raise it and, you know, bring it up and, you know, get some feedback. It wasn't just this condescending, I'm the exalted one, you can't approach me. Right, right. Here, Here's the thing, and, and this is what people that, that talk about the Kool-Aid and all that BS, this is what they don't get. When you're, I was there for seven years. I, I, I mm-hmm. trained there. I started training in 93. Um, I did house shows up until they debuted me for, in 95 for television. Um, mm-hmm. Up until 2001 when, when we went under, I stayed the whole time. I was offered a couple times to leave. I never left, never wanted to. Um, when you love what you do and you have the passion for what you do and you believe in the people you work with, you're going to try to believe whatever people are telling you because you want to work for that company. I wasn't under a trance and I, you know, I was, they didn't hypnotize me. I believed in our product and I wanted to stay because I thought maybe there was a chance that something would come through. Um, the Mm -hmm. last night in, in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I mean, it, it was devastating for me, uh, because Paul didn't even come to that show. And it was our, it was the last show that we ever ran. And all the guys are in the ring drinking beers and cheering, you know, whatever. I was in the back crying because mm. I knew we were done. We, we knew it. We knew it. And I, I couldn't make my way out there because I couldn't breathe. Uh, to me, yeah. like, part of my life ended that night. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, 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 it just, it, it's hard because you... As a as a locker room, we gave everything to that company, and yeah, it just it, it it makes me angry that that people talk like that because I mean we loved it. We we tried to we worked for free. We tried to help. We tried to save it. You know, we did all that we could as as performers. Um, you know, we <laughs> we could have broke chests and gave them the paw to help. <laughs> But we didn't have yeah. fun either. You know what I mean? Like that—that that would have been the final straw. Yeah. 
sprawl that we could have did, but none of us had the money to do something like that. But I mean, we stuck it out until the end because we believed in the product. Um, it, it wasn't because we, we were like disciples or we're, we were just right. people who wanted a company that we loved to last. And, and unfortunately, it didn't. So, um, yeah, I hate when I hear hear that Kool-Aid thing because it, it, if you didn't live it, you don't know. So people just need to yeah. stop. That's what I think. Well, you know, my, my take on it is, uh, you know, I, I couldn't say much better than you just did, but of all the places oh, yes, I've been have. before yes, that. You could <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not a few F ones anyway. But uh, <laughs> the, you know, I had been around the business a long time, and I had a an enjoyable career. I mean, I, I really loved working in UWF. I enjoyed the NWA and working with the guys that I did. But there was something special in ECW that at the time I couldn't put a finger on. I couldn't say it's this or it's that. It, it just it fit like a glove. And it felt so yeah. comfortable being there. And the camaraderie in the dressing room, it wasn't just out there in the ring. But, it, you know, you come to the curtain, I would often tell the story, you know, where, you know, we were all everybody sitting around the monitor watching. And you'd come to the curtain and the dressing room would give you a standing ovation. And you would do it right. for other people. There was a genuine like, even, even at the time like when the clicks started popping up in the dressing room, there was still a mutual respect for everybody in that dressing room. And... You know, and I often talk about how, you know, like the night somebody called New Jack the N-word or uh, somebody, you know, a fight would break out. And that dressing room, nobody said, who's fighting? Oh, I'm like, well, I don't like that person. As soon as you heard that, the dressing room <laughs> emptied out and it was us versus them. Uh, right. And I had I had never seen that anywhere before or since. And that was no small thing in my book, you know, that mm-hmm. that dressing room back there has got my back. Uh that, that to me was an intangible that you couldn't put in an X factor that you couldn't put or quantify with a dollar sign. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately for me, like whenever I left, it, it was, I didn't, truth be known, I didn't want to leave. I, I tried that once in 96 and was six months in hell. Uh, so I never wanted to leave. But when those checks kept bouncing and right. I couldn't get a straight answer, it reached a point where I just couldn't, go any for I couldn't keep I couldn't wait till it was 250,000 in the hole uh you know and and I left really bitter that it came to that uh and you know I have to talk about my run in WCW it was a it was a barely memorable run could have been and should have been uh, much better but for me I will always be thankful and appreciative of, of Eric Bischoff that he offered me because if you, you were there and standing beside me when I was saying some pretty nasty things about both <laughs> federations. And that he offered me. <laughs> yeah. But that he offered me that kind of a contract, it truly saved my financial life. And I was so appreciative of it that, uh, you know, it just, uh, but truth be known, I would have never left ECW if, uh, you know, if, if, if there was even an attempt made to, to pay back some of that money. But, uh, whenever I left there that second time, it felt to me like, uh, like Dorothy being an author. Like I could, I, w- I would never get back home again. Like it was, that, that was something I was leaving behind in my past. And, and it really, really shook me. I, I didn't like it, but I had to. Mm-hmm. No, I, I understand. I mean, for me, it was a little different because I, I was single living at home still. Um, I didn't have many bills to pay. 
you know, and, and everything that I made just went into the bank. Um, so yeah. it was a lot easier for me to stay and try to work it out uh, than you who was married and starting family and, and that kind of thing. I mean, if I was in the same position now, I don't know what I would do because I have children. It's, it's a different, you know, it's a different mind sure. frame. Um, Absolutely. But I, I just, in my heart, I just kept praying, like, you know, let it work, let it work. And it just, I mean, week after week, it was just like momentum. We, we still went out there and we still, you know, gave the fans what they wanted. But it, it was rough. It, it was starting to uh, to play tricks on our minds after a while. And then we, we would just look at each other and how, how much longer do you think we have, you know? And we didn't want it to end. Uh. It was, it was, the just, death it, watch. Was, it was depressing, you know, it became, yeah. it wasn't as much fun anymore. It was kind of just like went out there and worked and then is there a draw, no draw. Okay. Whatever. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because there was so much more that could have been done. And so like that last pay-per-view, we cut these promos, like we're going to do this, this, and this, and nothing ever happened. And there were so many yeah. good ideas on the table, and it's just like, oh, just it, there was so much more to do. So, just so sad, so sad. Because yeah. at, at that time, they were even telling us, like on our house shows, supposedly we were outdrawing WCW for house show numbers. Is is what we were? Yeah. That's the report we were getting anyway. And so we were like, oh, we're number two. We're number two. <laughs> <laughs> like that well, what happened? You know. <laughs> What exactly happened with the television? Because I, you know, I, I obviously paid close attention, close attention as I could, uh, being uh-huh. on the road and, and things. But what exactly happened? I, there was a TNN deal announced. Yeah. And then, so, poof. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, what really happened was we had the hardcore TV, and we we had signed a one year deal with TNN. They were the Nashville network at that time. Um, this is before right. they turned over to Sci Fi. Uh, so I remember. Uh, they told me that I, I was one of like the ECW representatives or whatever, and we were going to like a, an after party because we, we were um, in in Nashville or, or where we were. We were somewhere. It had to be Nashville because the representatives were there. And I remember I wore this like white outfit with a white hat. Uh, I am so not country, like so not country. <laughs> I had on like the boots yeah. and the hat and trying to fit in and. They gave us all these country CDs uh, and all this stuff, and just really putting us over as a brand. And so we're thinking right. this is the savior, this is going to save us, blah, 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 blah. Well, what we didn't know is we were the guinea pigs to see if uh, wrestling would draw for their network. And so in the meantime, we're under contract, but they're negotiating with Vince. And they knew as soon as our year was up, they were going to go and sign with, with WWE. So sure. the whole time, there's no promotion for us. Like, people couldn't even find what, what time we were on. Um, there was hardly any commercials running. And if you watch commentary, a lot of the time, either Joey, um, Cyrus, or Joel will be making fun of, of CNN and because they censored everything we did like if you wanted to watch a good show you had to watch hardcore TV CNN mm-hmm. censored our product and then they never promoted us at all 
So it, it was our, I believe it was our demise. Because after that, Paul was like, oh, we're, we're looking for a new network, you know, to, to get on. And I heard so many different stories. I don't even know what's true and what's not true. So I, I yeah. don't know, you know, um, but there, there was really no explanation told to us. We just kept showing up at, at, at these different buildings. And, and then, like I said, Pine Bluff was like the last hurrah and Paul didn't even come. So, now, did you guys know going into that last show that that was the last show, or did you find out there? I, I don't remember if I knew getting to the building, but I, I I know I knew before leaving because, like I said, we were crying and and I remember I remember Hack pulling me aside and he was opening up a bar and uh, <laughs> he was like, "Girl, you're going to come work for me at the bar." He goes, "We need jobs," and. I was like, okay, so I went, I did, I worked for him for like a week um, <laughs> as a tub girl for beer, uh, but then I just, I don't know what happened, and I never went back after <laughs> It wasn't a good fit for me, um, but yeah, like, I, 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 I just know that when we cut that last, uh, when we did the pay-per-view, the last pay-per-view, and we cut the promo, there were, like, there were ads for the next pay-per-view and then we never had a pay-per-view that was the last one so I, it was yeah it was, it was like poof puff of air never seen us again goodbye you know kind of deal See, no, I, no, I, no explanation I think that is a big part on top of the legacy that that we built in ECW but I think the way that you know the ignominious end of, of ECW is like this here they are, now they're gone, they're gone forever. I think that's yeah. part of why the fans still are so re are still so connected to ECW, uh, that it never had that final wrap up and it was good from start to end. You know, that there wasn't a point where well, in that, that couple of years in the middle was sort of weak. It was it was hot television from the time it got over until the time yeah. it left air and then there was nothing after that. Because it left you wanting more. You know, it, right. it it left it left me wanting more work, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, um, it, it left the fans wanting more. And 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 I'll be honest with you, like in in this is this again is me. There are a lot of the boys who hate Paul. Um, you know, and and my whole thing is, I don't like the way it went down. But you know, Paul gave me my break. And I would mm. be forever grateful to him for that because, like I said, I I knew nothing when I went to see Todd Gordon. I didn't even know what a bump was. Okay, right. I didn't I didn't know any terminology. I never met any wrestlers. I just watched it on TV and thought I could do it. And mm. I was green as grass. And I go in there and I start training. And I, you know, they always you either got it or you don't and I guess I had it because I picked up quickly um, but yep. you know Paul didn't have to hire me um, he, he saw something in me and without Paul I would never be Francine you know the, yeah. well, the queen of the yeah. queen Francine I would be Francine but, right. uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying um, so you know and, and then when I go to WWE I'm told I can't be the queen of extreme Francine because Charmel's Queen Charmel and I can't even use that moniker. Um, yeah. I, so for me, like, I, I don't hate Paul, 
Um, I, I don't understand. I wish I wish I could get closure and understand exactly what happened, but I'm at peace with it because my career is because of that man. And, you know, I, I'm okay with it. But it saddens me because I just know there is so much more that myself and the rest of the locker room could have gave. Sure. And it was just like the rug was pulled up from under us and nobody has a clue exactly what happened like i i don't yeah. know none of us know well, I, I, i've run the gamut of emotions with paul yeah there, there was a long period where i was really blistering hot about what happened yeah uh and you know in hindsight you know looking back at it, I, mean, I think i've reached the point of of at least being okay with it in the sense that it's same as you i mean prior to that everybody i worked for including dusty Rhodes and bill watts saw me as just the middle of the card, white meat baby face. Uh, this guy's not a heel. And Paul gave me that, not just the opportunity for that, but then gave me the franchise uh, gimmick to, to, to sort of focus it with. Uh, so I will be forever thankful for that, appreciative of that. Um, but I, I've always maintained that it wasn't just me. Uh, everybody in that dressing room, none of us deserved to be kept in the dark like that to be uh lied to or misled um and the story you're telling this last night you know i'm not even showing up i mean that that, that those are the things that you know still make you have some level of anger but uh, you know i've been working on this new thing for a while and, and you know i've learned an awful lot uh that i didn't know necessarily before you know, i may have knew it in generalities but not in the specifics i know it now the fact that Paul was able to keep that company afloat for seven years with no Panda Energy or Time Warner behind us, I think is no small feat. That's you know that's a pretty astounding thing that he pulled off there. Uh, but I, I, I that, all that aside, and, and not by detracting from that in any way, I don't believe there was one man or one woman in that dressing room that deserved to be misled, especially those of us like yourself and Hack and Taz and Sabu and on down the list of people that did not deserve to be misled, lied to, whatever moniker you want to put on it. Uh, you know, we all have families to take care of. We all had careers we were trying to build and to have been misled in any way to me, I think is a uh, black strike against all the positive stuff that Paul did there. And, you know, it's, but again, saying that against the fact that Paul was able to do all that without some huge financial backer uh, and keep the company afloat, I, I, I think is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a story going around that he, uh, the parents took out a mortgage on their home to hmm. to keep the company going. Um, there, there's a lot of urban legends. <laughs> different companies that were like, man, I would have given my left arm to be in ECW. 
And what does yeah. that tell you? You know what I mean? Right. Even, even through through all the pain and hardship, they still wanted to work there because it was a cool company to work for. So, um, you yeah, know, we, I, I, I'm just glad I was there. Well, I still say to this day, of, of, of you know, going on 39 years in the business, those years that I had in ECW, and it's not like, well, there's one and then there's a close second. I mean, there's ECW, and then you drop down about 150 steps, and there's the next one. And they had, you know, the, the next two or three had specialties uh, themselves, but ECW was EC fucking W, you know, and that, the, we created that. Yeah. I put a gift the other day, like the other day, maybe it was. Um, and it was the angle, I think it was the angle where you were retiring, um, with the boots, you held up the boots yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. crying yeah. it was very emotional. <laughs> and, and I, I just remember, um, when PJ kinged me in the face and Polly telling me, don't block <laughs> you remember? <laughs> you remember? Yeah. Oh my God. We're in the locker room and he's like, okay, you're going to get caned in the face, but don't block it. And we both look at him. Yeah. Are you serious? What? <laughs> but like, yeah, who? What other? Yeah, well, I didn't. But, but I'm thinking to myself, like, who does that? Like, who? Yeah. Who does that? Yeah, you're, you're just going to take it. And, and PJ didn't hold back. I mean, he whacked me in the I could have blocked my eye for God's sake, but that's how much I love doing what we did. You know, just crazy stuff that we did. And and one Somehow. of my favorite things was was with um Gary with the broken neck. Yeah, how much heat was that? I mean, that's it was just so crazy, so crazy. Remember all the promos, you know, swimming with the poop in the in the the <laughs> Long Island Sound or. Or the uh, the ones at the hospital, and I remember like you know it, it, it took a lot to get me like thinking like ooh this is a little too much, but but he had me talking about like telling Jerry's kids to pick their pencils up in their mouth, and I was like oh, oh I can't say that that, <laughs> and you kept saying oh this is a sin this is a sin <laughs> this is a sin <laughs> it was it was horrible I hated it I hated it. and it's it, you know what's so funny somebody told me when I joined Twitter he's like. Oh yeah, he goes when you when you and Shane were were at the hospital in the wheelchair. I was taking my sister. <laughs> they were coming out of the hospital, and they saw my us sister. doing the promos on <laughs> My sister was having epileptic an epileptic seizure, but you guys were the no, one promo. He just, he just said something like I was. I think he was taking his sister or passing by or doing something at the hospital. He said, but I saw you and Shane on the steps in a wheelchair. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I had on my little skirt. Uh, oh, it's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. <laughs> like, hey, we got, I just remember. What? You threw the dirty condom at me in, in that filthy lake. <laughs> <laughs> Where the poop, the turd, and then the... Oh, the oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we had to put context to this story. So the, the the one where I supposedly swam from the island, like out on the horizon, and Franny's standing on a rock in a smoking hot bathing suit. And I'm standing out. We had to retake that several times. And I'd, I'd swim like 35, 40 yards offshore and then swim in. And I'm sitting out there waiting to get the action cue. And 
I look and I think there's a snake swimming at me. And I, I, I freaked out. I like, whoa, whoa, splash of wind. And I realized that's not a snake, it's a stick. And then I look, it was a big log turd. <laughs> it was like floating in the water. And Paul, 75 yards in, is going, that's not a turd. It's three feet from me. He's going, it's not a turd, it's a stick. <laughs> Let me bring the stick into you, Paul. We'll have a discussion about this. It was it was a beach somewhere in New York. Um, (laughs) First of all, that no one was on, and second of all, there was there was a condom, a used condom. (laughs) Dirty syringes and (laughs) so dirty, and then the big turd floated by, and (laughs) uh, nothing but the best. the, the dead giveaway should have been that we had to jump the fence and crawl through bushes to get down to that. that but we did. Beach, as you would we did. It. We really did. Oh my god, yeah. that's so great. I love it. I love it. Well, that was part of our charm: going places at three in the morning where you weren't allowed to be. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, and, 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 cool. and hope and hope and hope like hell the cops don't show up. <laughs> right. Right. So fun. Though. Come on. So fun! <laughs> oh yeah, hey, good times for sure. At least I can. We, we have two other guys here. You guys, you guys are like being lazy in this episode. Uh, JP, Chad, what's going on? You guys still with us? You still well, you guys are you guys are riffing so well. I don't want to interrupt the the great chemistry. <laughs> no, you can. You can. You, guys you have, have. questions? Yeah, yeah, we always hear you know unsolved mysteries. You know unsolved mysteries of of Shane Douglas. And he won't reveal some stuff about his past, or he won't give us real juicy road stories or embarrassing <laughs> stories about him. What was it like on the road with him, you know, traveling all oh. these miles? Probably listening to him snore. What, what's up with Shane on the road? Was he a pain in the ass? Do you have any embarrassing Shane road stories? I don't well, know. Well, Francie, it was great them. having you. Good, good, good to have you on this week. Thanks for coming on. I know. I know. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he he was full of flatulence all the time, all the time. Oh, uh, God, I don't know how much protein he, he ate on the road, but that that was number one. Um, he like he, he would go to the bathroom with the door open, and as you walked by, he would grab you and hold you there while he would do a number two, and wouldn't let you go, and you had to talk to him. So disgusting. Um. What else? Lies on lies. No, that was not lies. You, you, you must have ate a lot of protein. I don't understand. It was really bad. And then, oh, here's one. So we're in um, Japan for, um, who, who did we work for? What that, company were we working That was for FMW. Yeah, FMW. FMW. That's right. That's right. Um, and we do you remember when we were on the, the like the metro, and it's their like bullet train thing, and we were going to the yeah. mall or or something, and so we had to stand, and we're all holding on to the little triangles that are you know you hold on to them so you don't fall. And Shane goes, "Watch this," and he lets one out, and I I've never seen so many people let go while the thing is moving and try to get away from where we were standing. We, we suddenly had whole prime real estate. The whole train. And then we got then we got to the mall and we get on the elevator and he does it on the elevator. And the doors open 
and the Dudleys were standing there, and then they went to get on, and then they got off. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. And then you remember when we were driving in the car, in 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 the cab, and we I we talk about this a lot. We didn't have the hotel address or the name, and we're trying to tell our cab driver thing. We had no clue. We just kept driving and driving and driving. So Jay takes my camera and starts taking pictures of people walking down the street. And there's a lady with a baby and he almost, he screamed at her so loudly that she almost knocked the carriage in for it. <laughs> we were lost in Japan. We, we just had so much fun. Just, just so much fun. We, you remember going to the music store in Japan? The music store. What, at that the mall? At that big mall? Playing drums and guitars and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I do. Yes. Are you there? Hang on, wait. he's breaking up. Wait, Shane, go ahead, go again. You were breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, now I can. Okay. I, I said, yeah, we, you know, we were, we went in there and, you know, was, I, I think Fonzie was the first to pick up something. And then all of a sudden within 30 seconds, everybody's on a drum or a guitar or tambourine or something. And, you know, the ECW band is playing live in, <laughs> in, in Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> we had fun. Uh, do you remember, do you remember Ken's in Fort Lauderdale? Yes. Mm, yes, yeah. I do. Mm, that was, we'll, we'll yeah. keep, We'll keep we'll keep that one uh, off oh. the air. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh my! I don't remember that's That's <laughs> that's funny. The distortion happens now at this point of the show, right? It, it's funny we start to have the breakup of the uh, the the service here as uh, as it's starting to heat up. No. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Hello. <laughs> no, it was fun. He was, he was a lot of fun to work with, but we, we, we had a good time. That's all. We, <laughs> that is all. Well, the, the, the club she's talking about, we won't go into specifics, but uh, Bubba used to promote Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, there, we, we had a working relationship, all of us. That, like, if I promoted in Pittsburgh and I needed the Dudleys or the Eliminators in, they would come. If they needed us in, me and Franny would go. Uh, so it was a really tight relationship that way with the entire dressing room, outside of the dressing room. Uh, but Bubba had set this thing up at this nightclub, and we go into this nightclub, and let's just say there was some pretty extreme things going on. And this, this wasn't your typical run-of-the-mill uh, nightclub. And uh, mm-hmm. and the funny thing was, we fit like a glove, didn't we? And the entire ECW team just <laughs> sat down and fit right in. <laughs> I think nobody was phased. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember when Tammy was on the, uh, well, shall we say, the uh, table, and somebody started taking pictures, and Dick grabbed, yeah. grabbed the camera, and. <laughs> yes, and and I also remember that we rented um, we rented um a car that weekend that was a convertible, and I yeah. remember there were four of us who went in that car. Um, me, you, Shane, I mean, me, me, you, Chris, and Tammy. And right. when I got into the convertible, there was some red hole. <laughs> Nobody was knows where she came from. There was a redhead sitting next to me. So 
some indie girl, and nobody knows where she came from to this day. I don't, she wasn't. She didn't come with us. She wasn't in the club, but she was in the car. And Wait. Tammy goes, "Remember when that girl was in the car?" <laughs> Nobody knows where she came from or who she was. Oh God, I don't even know. It's, that's another Kidding. mystery. Oh, mystery. Well, Fort Lauderdale was also the place that we went out and got the original oh. triple threat uh, tattoos at yeah. was it? Uh, Bulldogs. What they called Bulldogs? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yep. And we we went in the middle yeah. of the night, one or two o'clock in the morning, and. You know, we're all, what are we going to get? And we all sat yeah, down and started drawing stuff. And You're the reason why my my heart are black and faded yellow. I could scream. <laughs> I still got red. You, know, you, you actually didn't want to get a tattoo. And I kept going, come on, you got to get a tattoo. You got to get something. And, and, and she finally relented. And <laughs> Well, we got two together. We went back twice. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We were back there a couple times, and then uh, yeah. I think the next time we, uh, we originally we just got the triple threat tattoo, uh, and then the next time we went back, I, got, I think I got the chain right. Uh, the barbed wire. Yeah, or Did barbed you? wire rather, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And 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 you know didn't you know again everybody knows my religious beliefs, but you know after I got it, somebody said you know you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to connect both sides because. Your soul will never get to leave. I'm like, oh, come on, Jesus, God. You can't say how you razor blade. <laughs> yeah, and I was just take a razor blade then and cut the barbed wire right in half. I'm, my soul's good again. <laughs> yeah, we're safe. Fine. Fine. <laughs> now, yeah, we used to have a lot. Fun. Fort, Fort Lauderdale used to be a lot of fun. We used to stay at the Marriott right there on the uh, inner coastal. And, right the and of course, the yeah. strip. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. the, and and the, and the beach and the uh, the you know the the main drag was right across the bridge, and uh, you remember when Mel uh, uh, what's the actor's name uh, from uh, uh, the uh, you know the <laughs> I swear I've been hit with chairs too often. Uh, Mel uh, the, the big actor Gibson? got into trouble for Mel Gibson. Remember when his uh, his uh, yacht was parked right across the intercoastal. It's well, yeah, like a huge of, ship. There were yeah, a lot Lauderdale. of down there. Yes. Had a heli- helicopter pad on it. <laughs> you know, did we do a promo on it? Yeah, promo yeah, we sure did. O'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, we were <laughs> swam across. Uncle Mel Gibson's yacht. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's uh, lot, lots of fun in Fort Lauderdale. We did, because we would go down a couple days earlier, stay a couple days later. Um, yeah, and I I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite places to work. So fun, it, it, and then the fetish factory but, was fun with my clothes. Oh <laughs> yeah, that was a great place. Well, that, what was it called? There. The war, the war memorial. War right? memorial. That was the mm-hmm. uh, what a yeah. what a great building. And uh, you remember the night I was wrestling Lance Storm there, and. We're coming back. When you walked up the side of the stage, there was a curtain area, and you had to walk. It was dark there from there to the dressing room. And we're walking up, and walking. you're walking behind me, and you said, you're bleeding. And I looked, like, in between, the, you know, it was, like, only the light coming from the dressing room ahead. And I'm looking, I could see blood coming down my arm. What the hell is that? And it looked like a piece. I saw something shiny sticking out. And I thought it was a piece of glass, so I grabbed it and tried to pull it. And I'm pulling it. 
and I'm pulling it, nothing. And then I, then in my brain connection, I'm realizing this is my bone that I'm trying to pull out. My bone is exposed. Oh yeah. And as soon as I realized I it was my bone, I was, I was like, the pain went like from zero to fifty, and uh, uh, and then they brought the the lady. I remember the EMT with the kazoo thing. She said, "Suck on this." And Paul started talking to her as I'm sucking on it. And she never told me to stop. So after about like 30 seconds, I started like falling off the chair. I don't know what the hell was in that kazoo. It, like, it looked just like a kazoo. Like you're, you know, you'd blow it you know, as a kid. God. It was cool. The debauchery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the debauchery in the ECW. Oh, my gosh. So great. So great. All right. So do you have a do you have questions, guys? I'm sorry, we're monopolizing this whole thing. Um anything of substance you want us to talk about? <laughs> well, I wanted to talk really... about the uh, the triple threat. Obviously, you guys played a major role, but I want to talk about Candido and Bam Bam and some of your favorite moments of, of that group, because I feel like that's the, the big group in ECW that everyone remembers. And that's the real best triple threat, in, in my view. So I just want to see some you know memories or some fond um, just recall of Bam Bam and Chris and even Tammy. Um, Bam Bam was the biggest teddy bear you yeah. ever meet in your life. I mean, he he was he was like a monster on TV, but the exact opposite in person. Right. Just the nicest, nicest man. And Chris, I mean, God rest both their souls. Funny. I, I can't even, just the funniest person. Do you remember the promo we did? And you, you, you know, cause Shane was the straight man all the time and Shane's cutting this promo. And I had worn a black, Bella, feathered Bella, for some reason, because I thought I was Jaja Kapoor that night, and I had this <laughs> Bella on, and I said to Chris, "Wouldn't it be funny if I put the Bella in your face and like pop a feather out of your mouth?" And so I do remember. We, yeah, so we, before we started, I plucked a couple feathers, and Chris put them like in his mouth, and I said, "Don't get them too wet because they'll stick to your mouth." Like try, you know. And it was the funniest promo, but Paul said it took away from Shane's character, so we couldn't use it. But just, we would do funny stuff all the time, and he, God, they were just so great to work with. Like, that whole, the whole group, everybody was just always on the same page. Like, it was, yeah, it was such a blessing. It was so fun. I loved it. I really loved it. I've often said that the, the the glue that held the triple threat together was that we all genuinely enjoyed being around each other and hanging out with each other, traveling with each other. Uh, right. The, you know, Bam Bam, I often said, is like, was like my big brother because he's just so damn big. And Chris was like my little brother, you know. And, and so there was this this dynamic between them that you never had to second guess. If you were, if anytime we were in any six-man matches or whatever, like, you knew that those guys were going to be on their A game every time and just have to try to work your ass off to, to, to keep up with them because they were just so damn good. Chris, I, I used to be so envious of Chris because I used to have to work at it. I mean, it, it was like to go out and have a match, I'd have to really think about it all day long and put my head through it and, and then work my ass off out there to hope to make it work. Chris could be mm-hmm. in a coma, wake up and go to the ring and have a five-star match. I used to think, he, how the hell does he do yeah. that? Yeah. 
Chris was, um, I, I've said this before too, like working with you, I was more nervous because you were always kind of like going over spots. Um, with Chris, he's always told me, call him in the ring. I'll just call him in the ring. If I need you, I'll just tell you. And I would yes. never know, like, you know what I mean? Like with you, like I like to know, I always like to know a couple spots ahead of time when my turn was coming. Um, and yeah. then I also listened for you guys because I, if you did something with a chair, I wanted to have it ready. You know what I mean? Like anything mm-hmm. like that. So I would listen from the minute you guys started till the minute it ended. With Chris, it was a little easier. I I, I want to say because I didn't have to remember because he would just be like, "Hey, can you get me that?" And I wouldn't know it was yeah. coming. I'd be like, "Oh, okay, here you go." You know what I mean? So he was just it was just laid back and. Um, didn't put much thought into it. It just really organically, and like you said, it was so easy. Um, yeah, it was. It he it looked like he didn't put any effort into it, but he was effortless. Yeah, and flawless. Perfect word. Yeah, like it, yeah, it, it, it was. I don't know. It was easy with him. Not saying it was bad and, with you. Please don't get me wrong. To no, no, no. I, I, no, I don't want I know to insult exactly. I mean, you by any means, but you you were no. like more intense. intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe so. Um, but and and me, I was a nervous wreck all the time, and you know how I was. Like I was trying to remember, and and I was almost throw <laughs> up every time I went through the curtain. Hopefully, you couldn't tell. Um, but like I just felt a sense of a more of a sense of calmness when I would just work with Chris. Like when I was doing. If he was doing like a singles match, I'd walk him out or Bam Bam or whatever just because he'd do all the triple threat. And yeah. like I didn't have to remember anything because he was just like, oh, don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> well, that's so that's why different. I started us. That's why I started us doing that danger mouse dance right before we went to the curtain, just to lighten the <laughs> you know just lighten the atmosphere a little bit. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, they were great. They 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 were they were great. I mean. Um, even the night Bam Bam broke my pelvis, I mean, I, I said to him, what, what are you going to do to me? Cause I'll just do something out there. And I didn't know what he was planning to do. And the problem with that was I had gotten my, um, my boobs done a month before. So I, I hadn't taken a bump since. And when he decided to press me, I'm up there like 10 feet in the air. And I'm saying to myself, is he just going to throw me? Like, how, I don't even know how I'm supposed to land because I was scared to death that I was going to rupture these $6,000 implants, you know? And, and to be honest with you, both of them are ruptured now. So they're, um, I'm natural again. They're both gone. Um, thought I'd let America know that. Um, but well, we, yeah, so I was, what? We, 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 we might need to edit this. I, I'm, I, you can't say boobs, but. Picture okay. You can what? Pitch, but oh. boom, boom. <laughs> Stop it. Bless you. Um, yeah, so anyway. Uh, yes, but the way, like he just said, don't worry about it. And he just, you know, the way he threw me, I knew he didn't intentionally want to want to hurt me, but I just landed, you know, no. me trying to protect my boots. I landed on my hip and just broke it. Um, yeah. But even the night that my dress popped off, you remember that night? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, did the yes. 
And that, that was a $400 fetish factory dress. It was completely rubber, and you had to, like, put the shine. You had to, like, rub it. Oh, remember, I had to put this oil on it and rub it till it was shiny and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but did you have did you have to put like baby powder or like talc or something on to get it on? I had to put that so it didn't stick to my skin, and then on the outside to make it shine. I had to do something. I don't even remember. All I know is I wore it for two minutes, and it popped off me like an apron, <laughs> and I had no bra on, and I had a thong on. <laughs> and, and I went up to Bam Bam, and I just went, pick me up, and I smacked. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> WCW, and then even after that, after he had left ECW, you know, what exactly he was going on with at home, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to get his personal stuff, but, you know, there was a lot of stuff right. going on at home, and he never brought that with him to work. Um, in fact, I didn't find out that he was a diabetic until Fort, Fort, not Fort Lauderdale, uh, Orlando. He called me in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. Remember, Bam Bam used to like to go to his, he had his own room stayed at a different hotel and, you know, we would drop him off and then pick him up when it was time to go to the building the next day. Scott just always did his own thing. And he called me in the middle of the night one night and asked me if I could take him to a pharmacy. And we went and drove around and he came out and he had a big bag full of stuff. And you know, I didn't ask, I just heard he got what he needed. And we went back to his room, we stopped and got him something to eat. And then we went back to his room and when he put the stuff on the bed, the bag fell over. And that's when I saw the insulin and, you know, the, the, you know, the syringes and things. And real sheepishly, you know, Scott would be, he, he looked at me and said, please don't say anything to anybody. And Aww. I said, well, you're, you're safe with me. And, and uh, you know, I just, uh, I'll never forget the last time I saw Scott. We were at a show with Frank Goodman in Long Island. And, I, you know, we were, it was a hot day and he had the back of the building. It was under a, you know, a, like a train overpass, a subway overpass. And the back door, like a garage door, was open. So we were all milling around back there in the shade. And I saw Scott walking down. He was literally dragging his bag behind him. His head and shoulders were slumped down. He looked like he had the way of the world on his shoulders. And he came walking up, never looked up, but he went to walk by me. And I said, what, you don't say hello to your brother anymore? And he stopped and he went, hey, Troy. And he kept pouring his bag. He walked in and he pulled a chair up to a wall and he sat down. He put his head on the wall. And he wouldn't talk the entire night. And I felt so bad for him because I wanted to be there for him to help him anyway. And he just, you know, it was just like, he looked like he was absolutely crushed. And yeah, that was the last time I saw him. And I felt, you know, often thought of that and felt so bad that, uh, that anybody would be going through that kind of, you know, pain and not having anybody to talk to about it. I mean, yeah. And, and look at Tammy now. You know, and it, yeah. it breaks my heart too. But you, you gotta want help to to get help. So, True, absolutely. Um, you know, my I just um, I pray she finds her way because I mean she was she, she's a very good friend of mine. She's still a friend of mine, but um, it, it's heartbreaking. It, it, everything that goes on, um, you don't know what 
goes, you know, goes on behind closed doors, obviously. And there, right. our, our law firm has such a bad reputation. Um, but people don't know the real stories about certain things. And like right. I said, if you don't live it, you don't know. And, and I mean, I thank God I, I never went to drug house. You know, I, I, I party, but I've never really got into anything super duper heavy. And I mean, I didn't try pot until I was 36 years old and I, <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've seen people go down the wrong path and, and I've met, I don't judge. I just, I feel sorry that this is yeah, the that... way they chose to live their lives, you know, and, and. Um, I don't throw stones because, I mean, first of all, they're my family. You guys are my family. So um, right. my heart has been broken so many times to hear this one passed away. This one's going right. to rehab. This, this one's in jail. This, it, it, it's so depressing. It's like um, I just – I just wish the best for everybody, and um, it, I, I hate hearing stories like that about anyone. So, yeah, just, well, no bad. doubt. And, and we've we've incurred that probably more than most dressing rooms. Uh, the the positive side, if, if there, if you can take it as a positive side to that, is that what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing being out on the road still, and and then you know the stories here from Scuttlebutt, is that this younger generation has by and large learned that lesson, you know, like, mm. you know, you, you can't go down this path because, uh, like to me, it's a sheer number. You know, when you look, I was the second, no, third oldest in that dressing room. And when you look at that dressing room, you know, the, the, the original ECW locker room that built that legacy, that there's something like 60% of the stars are gone. And that's astounding, you know, that, you know, because we're still relatively on the life and death scale, we're still fairly young. And, you know, it's, uh, it really had taken its toll on that. And, you know, I hope that what I've heard is accurate, that, that, that the younger kids have learned that lesson, uh, because that's a path that is really a dead end, you know, and, and I've, I've experienced it in my own life. And like you said, we've seen so many of our brothers and sisters, you know, gone and, uh, you know, and then, and then the heartbreaking stories that go with them, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's so hard to believe for me sometimes because even though it's been that long ago, in my head, it's still relatively fresh. And so when I think of like Anthony Durante or Teddy or Johnny or, you know, down and or, 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 and, yeah. you know, I, I always tell people like for me, Bam Bam and Chris, they're on tour in Japan. I, I can't, when, oh. it, when it came to those two, that just really, just pulled the bottom out for me and so like, i just have them in my head they're booked someplace else and you know doing their thing because it, it, it you're right you know it's, you know the family, that family feel of ecw and when you lose that many of your family members it, it starts to sting after a while yeah yeah it's it's i mean like i said i've i've never thank god i've never been through anything heavy um uh, with drugs or alcohol or anything. Um, but I, I feel for anybody who has, I pray for anybody who has and, and to just see people dropping like flies, it's just heartbreaking. So, um, hopefully you're yeah. right. And, uh, these kids learn something. Um, 
you know, and a lot of people blame Paul for that too. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) no, that's not it. I mean, we didn't have a wellness policy, but even if we did, do you really think that would have made much of a difference? I don't know. Uh, no, I, I mean, in, in hindsight, with with what was going on and, and the things that we were doing on a night to night basis, and I, I say we colloquially because you know some of those guys were doing a lot more, uh, you know, the the, the the extreme extreme stuff, and uh, you know I can understand the need to to seek out something to minimize that pain, uh, mm-hmm. but you know as I found out in my life, that's a very slippery slope and. Uh, you know, something you, you don't want to experience if, if you don't have to. So, uh, right. I pray you're right and that I'm right with what I said earlier that, that they had learned from that because, and again, in my head, I just think of these guys as all being somewhere else right now because it's the stories after, you know, after a while, you keep hearing, you know, you get the phone call, right? Hey, did you hear about fill in the blank? Oh, and you know what's know. coming next? And it just, uh, it, it got really old really fast. Right. You know, I, I got to interject here, but that's what makes it so special about you two getting back together here and doing this show together and the interactions that the fans get to see on Twitter. It's so cool that we still have the two of you as a unit and the two of you get along and the two of you are, are on the same page. And that's why I, I did my, you know, my due diligence to pull up a, a little bit of a plug here for you guys. But you'll be at the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee on June 30th. And that's a huge deal because the two of you haven't done a, uh, an appearance, a dedicated appearance of the two of you in, I think, over 10 years. And the fact that you're back together on the same page and we could talk about all the great names that have passed on. But the two of you are together and you're heading down to Knoxville, Tennessee. I got to ask both of you, are you looking forward to uh, this once in a lifetime in that area uh, opportunity to meet some great fans? <laughs> yeah, once in a uh, lifetime. That was a great segue, too, by the way. Do I do this for a living now? <laughs> That's why you took the huh? Good job. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. You know, it's you know, and this is like this is a small sampling for the fans in in Knoxville. This is a small sampling. Come up to the table, ask a question, and you're gonna hear these kind of stories get battered about between the two of us, and and just the reliving of those great times. You know, we're all familiar with the footage. You know, the fans have all seen the matches and heard the ECW chance and all that. But this will be a chance for the fans to come out and hear it straight from the mouth from the Queen of Extreme or the franchise as to what was going on when that happened or this happened and, and to hear this, you know, this goofy scuttlebutt like, you know, two school kids uh were living uh, great days, which which it is. So we're, I'm looking forward to it. I you know, I uh I think it's gonna be a lot of fun down there in Knoxville. But Knoxville is one of those areas, you know, certain areas in the country where you know, uh, uh, Philadelphia is obviously one. Pittsburgh, uh, uh, Chicago, uh, Knoxville, or play Atlanta, where you have that strong background in professional wrestling, where people grew up in those areas, loving and watching professional wrestling. So I'm looking forward to it because I know a there's gonna be a lot of fans there that know their stuff, uh, and gonna have a lot of great questions and and you know, it's good to hang out with Franny for. You know, those three days is going to be, for me, a, you know, a lot of fun and we're living a lot of great memories. Yeah, it is going to be fun. And, and the thing about us is we don't rush fans away, you know. Yeah. We'll sit there and, and let them talk and, and answer whoever. And, um, we can tell them people 
they get a signature and they, they get pushed to the side or whatever. We we are very personable. <laughs> we enjoy yeah, talking nobody, to the fans. And, and nobody's going to give them a card that says, here's the rules. Don't make eye contact. Can't ask the talent questions. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is uh, that's what Vince does. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. And uh, just a warning for everybody out there: if you see me ask Franny to pull my finger, you might want to like go to the next Leave. booth real quick. You might want to walk out of the building. Yeah, Cal, it's, it's, it is going to be a lot of fun. And I think uh, I think it was um, was it 07 when we did a signing. That's right. Somewhere. It sure was. Legends of the Ring, 2007. Sure was. Wow. I mean, I've seen you know, I've seen you recently places, but we right. haven't been built together. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, and and I need to speak with you because I want to know what time you're getting in. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get my yeah. traveling. I'll, I'll I'll text it over to either, either text mm-hmm. or I direct message it to you tomorrow. Yep. Yep, let me know. Well, it'll, it'll be fun. Well, you know, that's going to be June 30th, and, of course, we'll be talking to Shane about it afterwards, and uh, we'll get his full rundown, which, you know, of course means we'll have to have you back at some point as well to get your point of view as to how it all went and how everything's going in the world of the Queen of Extreme. But, Francine, before we let you go, and, you know, this has been so great to just be a fly on the wall for the two of you, shooting stories back and forth and and reliving some great times, but please, where can the fans of the uh, the Triple Threat podcast find anything and everything going on in the world of the Queen of Extreme, Francine? Um, well, since I don't have my space anymore, uh, you can find me <laughs> on my new <laughs> on my new Twitter account, and I don't even know what my handle is. Tell me what my handle is. I know it's at uh, ECW Diva Francine, right? At ECW right? Diva Francine. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. If you type, all you have to do is type in at ECW and the letter D, and Franny's the first yeah. one that comes up. I pulled it up. It's ECW Diva Francine. And the only reason why I stuck the word Diva in my name is because my name was taken, and I couldn't get a, a handle without the Diva in there. Like ECW Francine, Queen of Extreme, Francine, ECW, everything was taken. So I had to stick Diva in there because I don't think I'm a Diva at all. But I I couldn't get a Twitter handle with my name without the Diva in there. Tell me why people use people's names. Like, why? Yeah. Can you tell me that? Well, because, well, it depends on how it comes. Somebody else has the name Shane. You have uh, that, and say their their last name is Davis or whatever. You get that, it starts to get problematic in the way that they, you know, they start because that those letters are already taken and it comes up. And so, you, if you make a mistake in the way that you post it, uh, it just it just creates issues, you know. So, but I, I think the ECW diva uh, Francine uh, uh, fits properly. And since we both started doing the Twitter. <laughs> He, he never used uh, with Twitter, so it's uh, well. The diva thing is dumb. I had to explain why <laughs> I put diva in there. Taz, <laughs> I was talking to Taz, and he's like, "You're not a diva." I said, "Look, I couldn't get a Twitter handle without putting the diva in there." So, but that, yeah, Twitter is the only thing I have. I don't have all that other crap. I don't know how to use the. I just, I just learned Twitter. So maybe in ten years I'll get an Instagram account, but right now I have Twitter. So there you go. 
And don't forget, you gotta don't forget your pro wrestling tea store, doc, which is prowrestlingtees.com slash Francine. And of course you can find Shane oh, on there too. Prowrestlingtees.com slash the franchise SD. You can catch us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at the franchise SD. And I'm gonna pass it here to Shane to wrap it up here. Fifty-two weeks. Uh, we've been doing this show and a long overdue appearance of Francine, and we want to really thank you for being the surprise guest. This was a treat for John and myself to just listen to you guys. Like I said, fly on the wall, and uh, the pleasure is all ours, and we look forward to having you again. But Shane, I'm going to hand it over to you like I do every week. Please take us out in only the way the franchise can. Well, first and foremost, thank you to Francine for coming on for our first anniversary show. It's hard to keep the secret in the bag. For the fans listening out there for 52 weeks, hopefully we have you for the next 52 and more. Thank you for all for listening. And you know where to come each week to get it right here at the Triple Trip Podcast with the franchise, Shane Douglas. Listen to it or get your ass franchised. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.